Theme music. Anyway, hey, uh, welcome to the show. This is uh, our show. Yeah, talk, yeah. Talk, talking about guitars. Yeah, uh, so I'm John Gillen and... I'm Dylan Murphy. Yeah, and we're here because we like guitar and because our master's course is driving us crazy. Yeah, essentially we'd be doing this anyway. We're, uh, we'd be talking about guitar and stuff because it's what we like and mm -hmm. we thought, hey, why not be really egotistical and share those thoughts with the world? Because somebody somewhere could probably enjoy hearing this. Because I probably know better than you do. Or yeah, at let's least. see elitist snobbery. <laughs> Finally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the truth is we, um, we both have spent a lot of time thinking about how to get better at guitar and realize there's just not a lot out there on how to integrate it into your daily practice routine. So yeah. there's a lot of material that says here, play this, but how do you exactly wade through that material and how do you chop it up to actually make sense of it? Yeah, guitar betterment is uh, weighed down by okay. a lot of nerds and weirdos on YouTube. And we thought, hey, why not be nerds and weirdos on, on podcast form? Uh, so yeah, John, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do musically and your guitar background? Yeah, um, get around. Get 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 around. I. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> go on. Go on. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, yeah. So uh, right now I teach guitar and. You uh, basically a school. Yeah, yeah. Silver Sound Guitar. Um, it's something I started up with a fellow guitar player named Mark Young. And uh, he and I met an undergraduate and started playing some music together and started this business together where we teach. We employ uh, also drum instructors and bass instructors and do audio engineering as well. So we've been able to see over the years um, kind of how a lot of practice procedures work, what's good, what's bad, what doesn't work. Is that Silver Sound Guitar in Colorado? Uh, yes, exactly. Cool. So that's just Silver Sound Guitar dot com cool. yeah um, and as far as playing myself one of the things uh, that got me into it of course was seeing like Eddie Van Halen up there on stage tapping away on the guitar and I thought oh my god I have to do this so uh, that's that, that kind of started things and I learned a bit of jazz and I did uh, classical and jazz at university um, and kind of came full circle into trying to find ways to incorporate that as well. Um, and then that kind of brings me here. Yeah, we're in Cork. We're in uh, the music department and Sunday as well in uh, University College Cork. And we are abusing the facilities and the equipment because, hey, we paid a lot of money and we might as well get our money's worth. Special thanks to John Hawk. Special thanks to John Hawk. Um, cool. So you have a lot of uh, guitar background and you from an educational standpoint and from a performance standpoint yeah and yourself tell I'm us about you I'm mr dylan murphy yes um john will sometimes revert to an english accent uh from time to time especially when he says the word right <laughs> right that's monty python yeah i have to blame monty python yeah. for that so <laughs> yeah uh, i'm dylan murphy i am a uh, singer songwriter guitar player uh, I play guitar for Stephen Sharp, uh, who is a 
up and coming singer songwriter up and coming out um, <laughs> singer songwriter and I have played lead guitar for him for like the last three years and I've always really really enjoyed guitar I'm not uh, that experienced a player with a lot of genres behind me I just kind of picked it up when I realized that you couldn't bring drums to a party so yeah um, basically <laughs> the point of this podcast I suppose is for us to kind of spitball about ideas on how to improve ourselves as guitar players and improve our guitar knowledge because I see it as kind of like a master Padawan sort of thing in that Jan knows a hell of a lot, of, a hell of a lot about guitars and I don't really and I'd like to broaden my knowledge and uh, maybe take the embarrassment out of learning about guitar from you guys with all your questions that you're too scared to ask like what's the difference between distortion and overdrive I don't know we'll be talking about it in a little bit Dylan uh, is kind of uh, great with the flattery he himself is a great guitar player and uh, one of the things that I wanted to start this for and one of the reasons I asked him in particular is he spent a lot of time figuring out daily routines time management and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and has been able to apply it to his practice and his playing and I mean would you say it's already paying off yeah, I would. Uh, I did a project as part of our performance studies module last semester on how to, I found it with all the being bombarded by college and daily life and daily existential crises. crises um, and those are daily. Yeah, and when you're doing a master's in a creative art, uh, existential crises, crises, crises are uh, expected. On a, on a it wouldn't be so bad if it was actually a creative art. Let's leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of, I basically put together this program from doing a lot of research about time management and uh, self-help, uh, how to kind of get the most out of your time from a musical perspective. And I put together a presentation and a paper on maximizing your performance. I did it from a singer-songwriter's point of view, but you can go basically branch it out into any sort of art, basically compiling a lot of advice given by pros on time management which we are working on. So yeah, this what, that's, what about, that's what this podcast is about, I suppose. Uh, this introductory episode, managing your time as a guitar player and improving your daily performance. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I suppose we could start off with the pedal talk. Yeah. Pedal talk was, uh, was kind of something I've, John knows a lot about pedals and I was like, what kind of pedals do you have? And he started, you know, saying all these things and I got lost after a tuner pedal. Uh, I have a Boss DS1. Uh, if you don't know anything about guitar pedals or what a Boss DS1 is, you should probably turn this off now because a Boss DS1 is your first guitar pedal that everyone has. everyone's, well, either that or a metal zone. Oh God. <laughs> Mother of God. We should have like a, like a, a little sound effect that we make whenever somebody says metal zone. Um, no. Or something like that. Yeah. So, um, my question, and it's a question that I've asked a lot of people, but hopefully you can shed some light on it. Distortion and overdrive, what are the differences? Because you, you know, you get distortion pedals and you've got overdrive pedals and basically they all make the thing go louder and uh, grungier, for lack of a better word. Right. Can you uh, elaborate? Um, generally speaking, like uh, an overdrive pedal comes from the idea of an overdriven amp. So you're trying to push more signal through the tube. Cool. The tube heats up um, and gives you... A the bit- tube's in the back of the amp. Yes, okay. correct. So this is particularly with a tube, uh, tube amp as opposed to a solid state, obviously. So as that signal goes through the tubes, really what you're trying to do is you're trying to, to push 
push that signal, get it hotter, um, and the signal begins to break up. Mm-hmm. And there's certain overtones that'll come out in those that work better with that sound. Now, the difference between like an overdriven sound and how it's gonna sound, it tends to be a little bit uh, thicker. Um, you might hear words like creamy associated with it, <laughs> which is just kind of a bizarre description. Um, it's not I, yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> I have one pedal uh, that's called the extreme cream or something like that, and yeah, it's like just that sounds this, like porn. <laughs> <laughs> you have this image of someone just putting, you know, cream on apple pie or something. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's a could, could I say something more American? But. Uh, <laughs> By Superman. <laughs> There's baseball. Uh, so, then, <laughs> uh, whereas an overdrive pedal um, no, is... You just talked about an overdrive. I, I did. Whereas the distortion pedal is much more um, transistor-oriented um, and trying to, to break the signal up as opposed to uh, push it or fill it out. So that's kind of more the objective behind the circuitry that goes in it. Now, your uh, both pedals are typically solid state unless you're buying... Uh, the Mark Tremonti. Now, when you pedal. say when you say solid state, what do you mean? Um, well, they're they're chips, I, and solid state's actually not the correct term for it. So, but it's it's a chipset. There's no tube in them. Okay. Um, and the, it's transistor wired. Yeah, so, yeah. so most of the time, unless you're dropping a whole lot of cash for a tube overdrive pedal, it's uh, even your overdrives are gonna like a tube screamer, for instance, is more of an overdrive. Pedal, uh, whereas like your DS1 would be a distortion pedal. Okay, so if you had to maybe give a song or something that sums up for for a distortion, I'd probably say maybe smells like Teen Spirit because it kind of goes in from I don't know. I've got this association of clean sound at the start for the mm, first five seconds, yeah. and then maybe just walls of distorted guitars. But maybe you can think of a better example. Yeah. Um, I wasn't prepared for this part, actually. That's all right. So, Keep yeah. your toes, Gillen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so for Overdrive, you could say the, the Ibanez Chief Screamer. Uh, yeah. Used by Stevie Ray Vaughan. He used two of them, I think. Yeah, he did. So he would double those up. Um, similarly, like your Blues Driver, those sorts of sounds. Uh, the Boss Blues Driver is a really common one as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the Stevie Ray Vaughan sounds, when you're thinking of an Overdrive, I mean, Led Zeppelin is that. So even if it's not with a pedal, but that's the kind of sound you're thinking of. So it tends to be a bigger one, or even think of some classic Clapton stuff. Right. Um, I'm just thinking of like what a hipster says when they talk about their vinyl. It's all about the warmth. Yeah. No, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Um, And even a high gain distortion pedal is not, or a high gain overdrive pedal is not going to break up like a distortion pedal. So, um, and then... Distortion almost borders on fuzz, but fuzz is a whole different discussion. We'll do fuzz again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuzz, it can be one fuzz versus another fuzz. There's lots of fuzzy pedals. There is. So. Um, kind of going down Smashing Pumpkins territory there. Yeah. Um, so distortion would be kind of, I don't want to use harsher mm. or colder as opposed to warmer. Uh, it's much more of a kind of punky sort of sense. Yeah, in terms of, like, if you think of uh, a waveform, the, the waveform on an overdrive is going to be more like a, a typical curve. Yeah. Whereas you're looking at more of like a sine wave, hard angles and that sort of thing when you're thinking about a distortion pedal. 
Okay. So it is a little bit harsher. Things are more compacted. I don't want to say compressed because that gets into like the idea of uh, a compression pedal, but um, generally speaking, it's going to be a little bit so harsher. Many pedals. So yeah, many so many pedals. Yeah, so many pedals. So much to talk about. Do you do you use either an overdrive or a distortion pedal? I typically would you, would you be partial to any one of them. I, I gravitate a little more towards um, an overdrive. I think most people do. Yeah. I mean, if you're starting off guitar, a DS1 is kind of it's great because you can do all your. You know, yeah, and they're cheap. Yeah, they are cheap. You know, so cheap. Um, but that said, there's there's a lot of different distortions out there now, um, and it's it's worth at least kind of sampling an overdrive versus a distortion pedal, and it depends upon what you're going for. I mean, if you're thinking, um, like, like you said, uh, smells like Teen Spirit. A lot of that '90s grunge sound is much more distortion oriented than yeah. overdriven oriented. Um, so you could you can kind of lean that way with it. It just Ooh. depends on what you want to do with it and what you want it to sound like. Right. No, that's that, that's cool. I have been educated. Hopefully you've been educated too, dear listener. Whoever you are. Probably a man. Not gonna <laughs> Who, likes guitar. Who likes guitars. So you could be wearing a check shirt of some kind. Or uh, some Converse All-Stars. Um, so I suppose we kind of came up with this uh, idea of the podcast for this one theme, which was to improve yourself as a guitar player. And maybe improve yourself in other walks of life as well. But uh, that's that's going down a different route. So our first topic of this podcast, or our only topic, our, our theme of this whole podcast is uh, how to become a better player and improve your daily practice skills. So I suppose the first thing would be gear or what to have when you're practicing. And kind of a checklist is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, a checklist yeah. Is, is basically... So let's go down. So we've kind of made a list here. Um, our first one is maybe... To, Simple, but it makes things a whole lot quicker than tuning by ear, uh, getting a tuner. Now, John, for me, I prefer a headstock tuner that I will bring, but you use a tuner on your phone. I do, but I do also have a headstock tuner okay. as well. Yeah. You know, small and portable. Yeah. Like that's, that's a good thing. Buy a snark. They're not expensive. Yeah. It's, Next time you're doing a Coleman order, buy a snark. Yeah, it's worth the 20 quid for it. Like, you can't, and you can't go wrong, really. Um, but yeah, I do use something on my phone, and we'll get into the idea about phones in a little bit here, uh, whether or not you should bring it along to your practice room. It's a hot topic. <laughs> ah, hot. So, the, uh, but yeah, I, I have a couple of, there's a couple of different tuners that are available, um, and find one that works, find one that you're comfortable with. Um, there's, there's like the guitar tuna, there's a couple others. And these apps you mean? Yes, yeah. apps for your phone. I have a, um, I also have a Peterson one, which is, it's ten dollars, and you have to really have a reason to get it. And ten dollars for an app. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. So it's. It, I have this thing where I can I can go out and spend a rake of money on alcohol, but then when it comes to like spending ninety nine cents on an app, I lose sleep. Oh yeah, it's just, yeah. It's not where I'm. If I can get it for free. I, I can wrap my head around 99 cent, but like, much more than that. You want a dollar Man, yeah. Moving on. So, uh, I, I a don't tuner. Know, tuner. Tuner is thing number one. Mm. Uh, next thing is okay, so you've probably heard this before. Get a metronome. Yeah. You can get an app, you can get a metronome app, uh, but I use a little Korg 
blue bad boy that I use for my practice routines. And it's great because it fits in that tiny pocket in my guitar case. I definitely recommend getting one that has a headphone jack if you're not using something on your phone. Why would you recommend that? Um, just because... It could be the room you're in, like it gets really echoey. Yeah. Um, it could also be your neighbors will hate you. You really annoying. So, <laughs> yeah. Whether that's, you know, if you're practicing at work or um, you've, you've got a space in an apartment or a house or whatever, just it's, it's a good idea if need be. Others are in the house. They will hate you and your metronome if you can kind of keep it quiet. So yeah. keep that in mind. And why would you recommend, and we'll go through this in another episode, but... Why, you, why? What is the importance of a metronome? Can you um, so I, I think it's important to be able to play in time. Uh, that said, you could play along with a jam track, you could throw on some Apple Loops mm -hmm. and do something with that. But I think what the metronome does that those don't necessarily do is it forces you to break down the subdivisions of the beat. Okay. Um, and that's I think that is a worthwhile endeavor to be able to figure out how an eighth note fits in between two quarter notes, how triplets fit, how sixteenth notes fit in the space of the, in between those two. So quarters. as opposed to kind of playing, it's forcing you to analyze what you're doing rhythmically. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think both are important. I think it's important to play with a drummer because more often than not, you will be playing with a drummer, but you must learn to play with a click as well. Yeah. For recording and whatnot. Absolutely. Our next thing would be, um, I suppose, okay, we've got the tuner metronome bring a guitar that's Obviously. probably a good idea have, have you have you seen these new travel guitars these new yeah yeah it's for built for practice they're not that expensive well, no no good. and i've uh i knew someone that had one that you could pack up and and about a backpack really yeah. and the it was an electric guitar and you could pull the the side so that the core was wood and then it had these metal tubing yeah. for essentially the body and you could pull it apart and you pack it up and off you go and yeah um so it it is one of those things if you're serious about improving uh but you still have to go to work from nine to five like you can bring it with you hang out in the lunchroom you put some headphones guy. on maybe that guy that your co-workers are talking about yeah but you won't be able to hear them because you'll have your headphones on Bad. and Problem you'll be getting solved. good at guitar and then when you have your youtube series they'll be like oh I could have got good at guitar, but no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. So uh, for keeping your progress, I think it's really important to get a log, mm. uh, or so have some way of knowing what to do the next day and what to practice, and basically de rec recording. Yeah. Your progress. There's a lot there. I think, we, and we'll get into that later in this episode. Uh, because I think the idea of a log and what you do with it is, is actually really helpful. It's something that's helped my practice a lot. And then kind of the controversial one here, you want to cover this? <laughs> okay, so there's a TED talk that came out recently about practicing anything. If you want to practice anything to get good at it, uh, you should not have any distractions. And mm. one of those things is your phone for me anyway. Now, I don't... I think for most of us, to be honest. Yeah, okay. A phone is a constant distraction. It's our life companion. It's whatever. But we... I, I, I find that I'm a much more efficient practicer. If that is a word. Uh, practitioner. Uh, if I do not have a phone in the room with me. Mm. Now, you would beg to differ. Yeah, um, just because I have so many of those apps on my phone. I've got That's my tuner funny. and a metronome. You know, you can put GarageBand on there so it can be something that you can jam out to. 
Um, you can pull up backing tracks on YouTube or a, a number of other platforms as well. See, that's the thing. Like, if you'd like, okay, you're pulling up things on YouTube. Yeah, and, and, and I'll concede that. So there's an element of discipline that has to be involved if you're going online for anything. And to be honest, I don't... John, I don't have that discipline. Uh, I'm going to be 100%. Well, and, and I don't know that many Too people... Too many funny cats, John. Do. Uh, so, you know, if it, if it is going to be something like that, like, I do have um, a playlist that is just backing tracks. Okay. So, like, that's... But you have to be able to say, like, okay, I'm going to sit there and... Put a timer down or something like that and mm -hmm. and we'll get to some, some of these are, are things we'll talk about later today but um the other thing that i usually do with my phone though is i put up i put it on airplane mode okay um, so there is that extra step and and you have to really think about it like what am i in this space to do and why am i here before you make that switch um because you're you get the same effect. No one's going to call you. You're not going to see an email pop through. Your clash of clans might come up and tell you, oh, your army's ready for battle. But you have, again, you have to ask yourself, like, what's really important here? That I make sure my archer queen gets to level 30? God, or... you're such a nerd. <laughs> such a colossal nerd. You don't know the, the half of, of it, my friend. The podcast was to, you know, get away from the whole guitar nerds thing, but you're just it's... bringing loads of the nerds. Uh... Yeah. All right. Much. Okay. So discipline. Something you can work on. You can yeah. build self-discipline. But it's it, it's I don't. But but I think this I think this is a good segue into what um, we're talking about next. Really. Mm -hmm. So really, what we're getting at is the need to eliminate distractions in yeah. your practice. So just like you know, unplug the phone if you have a landline, mm -hmm. which you don't. Put your cat outside, <laughs> it'll be okay, even yeah. if it's an indoor cat, when it probably won't be okay if you put it outside. Anyway. You, uh, could, you could lock it in another room. Yeah. You and could. then put your headphones on so you can't hear it. Perfect. So yeah, eliminate distractions, big part of discipline. Uh, something that I think we could all really... Yeah, I think some of it goes too, like, uh, in terms of the computer. The computer's a big thing too, because like you said, oh, you're on YouTube and... There's loads of funny animal videos. Like I could, I could go on my phone and use my app to tune my guitar. Next thing I know, I'm looking at some dank memes, and <laughs> you know, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I do think the com the computer fa factors into that as well because we do have so much of our. I mean, our recording technology is on our computers now. Yeah. You know, uh, mine's on my laptop. I take it everywhere. So. One of the things, like putting my phone on airplane mode, if I'm going to sit down and work on some of this stuff, or if I need to record something or practice uh, with recorded drum track or something like that, I'm going to turn off the internet, turn off the Wi-Fi on it. You, you possibly swayed me, Gillen. Uh, well, I mean, again, it's one of those, it is an extra step, and the fact of the matter is, like, the world's going to be okay without you for 30 minutes. It may only be 30 minutes, but um, the world will be okay for 30 minutes. Okay, so let's bring that back into our daily practice, 30 minutes. Let's just go, let's just go for time allocation right yeah. now. So what, what are your thoughts on time allocation? I find that time allocation, it's a, it's a difficult thing because you, you do have to make time to practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there can be guilt there that goes along with that, thinking, oh, I should be doing something else, especially if you have... Right. significant other or something else that needs some pressing issue but no if you want to get better as a guitar player which we all do 
you got to make time for it, man. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say right now, 20 minutes a day is much better than two hours at the weekend. Oh, oh. as a teacher, like, I can't tell you. Yeah. You know, I've had students come in so many times, like, well, I didn't practice much this week, but yesterday I got two hours, and then they can't play whatever they played yesterday. Muscle memory. Children. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. Build it over time. Um, and, and so planning out a time, I think, helps a lot. Um, so when do you, if you have to pick a time? Oh, that's, that's kind of a good question. I've, I've done a couple of different things um, over my course as a guitar practitioner, if we can call it that. <laughs> Let's just go with that for now. <laughs> um, you can, um, some people are insistent on like mornings or afternoons or, but you, basically what it comes down to is pick a time where you have some time and say, that's, that's my time. Maybe it is your lunch hour at work. Maybe it's. 20 minutes before you go to work, which means you have to get your butt out of bed a little bit earlier, um, or school, whatever the case may be. Um, that's, that's a hard one to do for a lot of people. Um, but that said, instead of binge watching whatever you're gonna binge watch on Netflix, take 20 minutes before you do that, watch one less episode, you know, and, and make time. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's... Sounds like a good idea. Try and pair it with something else as well. If you can just like, okay, got an activity that you have to do or whatever guitar could be your break your source of like you know that's a good one um and i've i've done that as well um in the middle of like major projects or whatever particularly uh in the course of a master's which we're getting through at the moment you can't you can't see this but we're using the word masters with the (laughs) quotation fingers right laser yeah um but that there's a lot of coursework to get through yeah, um, and other stuff to do. And I use a, a timer to sort of help me stay focused, like a focus timer, um, to help me stay focused on that. And then I take a chunk during one of those breaks. And it might be a, during a five-minute break, I'm just like, hey, I can run one exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Or during a 25-minute break, I might be able to, hey, I've got 25 minutes. Let's make it 20. I'll get up. I'll go, you know make a cup of coffee or something, and then yeah. I'll come back. I still have 20 minutes to work on something. It can be anything. Usually during a situation like that, it's a song I want to work on because it's a little bit more fun than just yeah. an exercise. So, yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll go through how to practice, make practice a bit more enjoyable in the next few weeks. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I suppose it depends on identifying what you want to practice as well. Right. For that, for that, that, that's, that's what you, you identify your goals at the start. So I suppose the way you can improve is by, I suppose, planning what you're going to do. Well, I think, and, and this, this is a, a good, good time to talk about the idea of a log. Yeah. So we mentioned it earlier, but um, this idea of planning things out and having goals, um, do you keep a log? I do. I have a big F off purple log that I have. It's a big diary that I got. By the way, if you're buying a diary, do it now. They're really cheap for the rest of the year. Yeah. Go in. Most places have prices slashed half price. So yeah, buy like a daily planner uh, that will have space for you to do daily entries. Um, I, I tried the spreadsheet thing before, like on Excel, and mm. just basically having everything. It just took the fun out of it. I don't know. It's very, <laughs> it's, very like, it's a good way of keeping no. records. Yeah. But I'm not an accountant. But, but I... But some of these people might be, you know, yeah, that's, that's just it. it. And so I think the, uh, if it depends upon what suits your, your personality. Accountants by day, <laughs> guitar heroes by night. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> this is why I like this guy. So I've done both, essentially. And, and I usually start my students out on basically an Excel spreadsheet. Write down what you did. Write down how fast you did it. It beats per minute. And the amount of time that you spent on it. And that comes back to the whole idea of using a metronome. Metronome, yeah. you can figure out a BPM and you can improve on that on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to see an example of it, I can we can load one up to the, yeah. the website. Um, and you'll be able to check out exactly what that sort of spreadsheet looks like. And it's good to have a visual reference. Yeah. Uh, currently, I'm kind of doing, um, I'm doing essentially like a diary. Yeah. So basically, whatever exercise I'm doing, um, I'm still logging the time and the beats per minute, but I'll note other little things like, hey, third finger was out of place on measure three, or uh, that stretch is really hard, or wow, that was actually really good today, felt good, uh, beats per minute are up, that sort of thing. And I find being able to write it down and find the specifics as well as the positives, for me that's a big thing, because... I can tend to sort of the negative side yeah. of things. Um, and so instead I'm able to see progress and be like, no, and you know, encourage yourself. I think that's actually kind of a big thing when it comes to practicing because if- It's really easy to get down on yourself. Yeah, especially when, when you listen to like really good guitar players and you're like, oh, I'm not that good. But the point is, is you, you just want to make progress incrementally and it's not like these guys were touched by the hand of God from birth and came out and were like, Amazing guitar players. Guitar guy. Ingve would probably want you to think that. He yes, was. yes. I think Ingve thinks that. But yeah, that's 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 a big part of it as well. Just kind of praising yourself, but also one of the benefits of a log is seeing your own improvement, being able to kind of reflect after a week of practicing and seeing where you've improved. Because if you can see improvement, it's going to make you want to do it more. And that's a huge thing I tell my students too. It's like this is why you keep it. And yeah. so as we go through it, and then I can point out, hey, a month ago. You can do this at half the speed. Yeah. Now you're twice as fast, and it sounds better. Yeah. So think, like, think of what'll happen in the next month. Yeah, exactly. So we've got BPM. We've got the amount of time you spend on each exercise. Anything else? Um, I think it's a good idea to have some goals. Yeah. Um, you're big on kind of planning it out the day before. Yeah, I started doing that just because I know that if I know what I'm supposed to do, it makes it less of a chore. Because this can seem like a chore. If you've got something you want to improve on something, yeah. but you've got so much other, so many other things to do, it could be like a chore. So I find that if I have a schedule of things to do and tick off and practice within the allotted time, uh, I find it makes me want to do it a whole lot more. But you come from kind of a different perspective. Um, yeah, sort of. Like, what I'm trying out right now is something that's more... Um, I have kind of a fixed number of exercises to do. So I've got like three groups with particular uh, emphases and just try to get through all three groups of those exercises. Um, that doesn't always happen, so I might bump a particular exercise to the next day. So I'm still planning ahead. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to have long-term goals as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, learn a song or be able to play this exercise or this riff at a particular beats per minute or at least as fast as... And all of that can be incremented into your daily practice. If you have a solo to learn, take four bars and just practice that for a week. Yeah, that's and that's huge. We'll spend a whole episode talking about breaking up uh, your practice routine like that. Cool. I think that's us done for today. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a solid 
solid prototype. We are currently at 30 minutes. Wow. So, yeah. Time flies when you're talking Talking. about nerdy guitar stuff. We're trying to think of a name for this. If it goes well, and I've enjoyed this. Do you have as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So go team. Yakking about guitar. I don't know what we're gonna call this. Listen. Send us your feedback. We'd really appreciate it. I've been Dylan Murphy. And I'm John Gillen. And we're guitar people. We're not calling guitar.